Welcome back to the Connecting Minds podcast. Christian Jordanov here. Today's guest needs no introduction. It's the one, the only, Charlie Robinson. Charlie, how are you, brother? I'm good. It's great to be here with you. I'm always, I'm always, even when I'm not here with you, I'm thinking about you because I've got all of these supplements in my bathroom that I take on a, on a, all throughout the day. And you're <laughs> the one that put them there in, in a sense that, uh, I know that I have them because of you. I wanted them. I wanted your, your feedback. So I'm not, this isn't a bad thing. This is a good yeah. thing. But, but when I look at, 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 at the, the, the pharmacy that I have in my, <laughs> in my bathroom now, it is a hundred percent due to you. So thank you, I guess for that. Uh, and I feel, <laughs> I feel good. I always feel pretty good and I want to maintain that so that you've been part of that. So thanks for that. Yeah, man, my pleasure. It's, it's, I love working with people. Like I was saying to you before, um, I knew we were not going to find much when we test you. But um, I th like I told you, we always find something. And normally the, the organic acids test, the, the lab-generated report is about, I think, 12 to 13 pages. Your report, and it, it's, the longer it is, the more co auto-generated comments from the lab about, oh, this imbalance, oh, that imbalance. Your report, I think, was nine pages. It was, it, I don't remember exactly, but it was at least two, maybe three pages shorter than the normal reports we get. So that's a testament to your diet lifestyle. And I think ability to probably maintain your calm and composure in these crazy times, that's important. I need it. I need to, I need it for physically, right? I need it mentally. The, um, you know, the nootropic component to this, this is, this is something I had never really explored. I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't know the ins and outs. So to have that, have the protective component, I like to have the optimization part for my mind. I, I need that to have the creatine side for my muscles, uh, you know, cause I do go to the gym and work out and, and to have the sort of supplement. I'm not, look, I'm not trying to, I don't need steroids. Yeah. I'm not trying to get big. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I just want to know that I want to be as efficient as I can in, in, if I'm in the gym, I want it to have the best bang for its buck. I, and then I, and I want to make sure that I'm protecting my brain from not just optimizing it as like the nootropics do, but, but protecting it, like you said, with the, 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 the vitamin E and, and things like that, that are, that are sort of adding this additional layer. And I, and look, I have to, I have to unlearn just about everything that I thought I knew about health, wellness, and nutrition, because in America we're, we're taught nonsense about that. You know, the four basic food groups are like, you know, <laughs> potato chips, sodas, uh, hamburgers, and, and pie. You know, I mean, and it's, and if you look at the people, it's, it's obvious. I mean, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment as we are, you know, America, America pretends that it's like this country that's like impenetrable and they're like, you know, we have oceans on both sides. Nobody can defeat us. We're defeating ourselves. Yeah. You know, just, just we're, we're a sick, unhealthy, embarrassing 
population that didn't always used to be like this. And, and, and we've allowed ourselves to get down, you know, go down that path. So I, I try to be proactive with my, with everything that I can, but especially my health and, and, and be that look, this is, I got into some good habits early on though, too. Mm-hmm. This sort of started it because I started going to the gym and, and doing weights and cardio five days a week when I was 19 and I'm 51 now I've never stopped. You know, mm-hmm. I just, that's, that's part of that. I, if I don't go, I feel like I've left my house without my cell phone or my wallet or something. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like something's missing throughout my day. So I, I, in, in one regard, I was sort of already on the right path because I had always got myself in good habits with that, but I needed help. I needed help with the nutrition side of things because I don't eat enough vegetables and I know that and I don't I don't drink enough water and I know that and sometimes I need a a little kick in the butt to remind me that that I could be doing things differently and uh and and you brought that to me in a scientific way which I thought was super helpful for me to be able to have that organic acids test and just look at it and go oh I, I see like yeah. I feel good and I and I feel like I, I I look physically like I look like I'm in good shape, but you never know what's going on under the hood, right? So so that that gave me an option to take a look at things that I, I couldn't see. And uh and then you come in and you're like this conductor that knows exactly I need I need we need to adjust this, uh, you know increase this part, lower this part, do more of that. Do, don't do this. And you, you can come in and really fine tune it. So I, um, I tell everybody about you, you know, I, I tell everybody <laughs> that like that, I ditched Western, those Western doctors that are trying to kill me. Uh, I went to this guy <laughs> in Portugal who's trying to keep me alive. Yeah, you know? yeah. I like not him just, a lot better. Yeah. Not just surviving, but thriving. Ideally, that's kind of, I think, I think a lot of people, man, it's so it's sad and it's not even funny. I know you said like um, you use the word embarrassment, and it kind of is an embarrassment, not just uh, the USA, but just Western <clears throat> Western civilization. What we've become, like the what have the men become, and uh, you know how emasculized we got. So I think a lot of people are surviving, and when you're running on coffee, and then you know maybe you have a drink or some weed in the evening to calm you down, you can you got it together. It seems like you got it together, but um, it seems like people are just barely surviving and not thriving. And this is kind of, I, I want to be a part of that change. We need to change that. And what you said is so right. So um, for my book, now that I'm writing, I'm trying to come up with a very simplified model of what's killing us at a high level. And I, I'm, I'm kind of today, I was, I've been thinking about it and I'm thinking it's three things, right? One thing, it's one thing that we can separate into three things. So stress, yes. and then stress can, we can separate stress into stress, oxidation, and inflammation. So anything, uh, all of those things are a stress. So psychological stress, toxins, deficiencies, these things are all stressful to the body because it has to figure out how to deal with them. But um, if we can, if we can deal with stress if we can reduce inflammation and if we can reduce damage from oxidation, I think that that's like a very large part of the equation that is longevity. And I think I'm kind of trying to elucid- I'll be elucidating it more in the in the coming weeks and months in the book. But what I wanted to ask, I don't want to get too personal now, Charlie, but the 
the reason stress is number one is because it is a killer, like in the literal sense, when cortisol literally melts your bones, your brain, literally parts of the brain, things like that, right? So I don't want to get too personal with you, but were you always this easygoing? Because I think that's such an important part of longevity is to be able to not just deal with stress if it arises, but not create it in your, in your mind, body suit, in your meat suit to begin with. So I think you got that somehow what's your secret well i'll tell you I, it, while you were saying that the number one killer was stress i was nodding in agreement uh when i was 16 years old in, here in america we have a thing we have thanksgiving day thanksgiving's a big deal you know every, everyone's off school and you have a big dinner or you have a big lunch or whatever and football games are on it's you know it's it's the, it's a Thursday and then you've got Friday off and Saturday. So it's a four day weekend. Everyone has a good time. Families come and go and do that stuff. So I, I'm home from boarding school. I'm in high school. Uh, I'm home from boarding school the night before, before Thanksgiving, my dad says to me, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going jogging in the morning. And I said, well, wake me up then because I want to go too. Cause I was on the soccer team and I, and, and I was going to be off from practice, so I, but I wanted to run, you know? Um, and he didn't wake me up that morning. He, he, he just, I think he thought he was going a little too early and he went out for a jog and he died. Oh, dude. He just, he just had a heart attack and died at oh, 46 and you know, cause of death blockage, you know, our artery, you know, carotid artery blockage and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Actual, I mean, real cause of death stress. I mean, it, it just straight up killed him, you know? And I was clearly aware of that. Definitely come from the same mental makeup where the guy that cuts me off in traffic can you know, would send my dad over the edge, you know, really? and me too. And so I've, it's been a battle I've been fighting my entire life. But I, I now have that sort of check in myself where it's like when I'm just about to go off the deep end and, and worry about, you know, about something that, that, that doesn't actually matter in my life. I have that in the back of my head. Like, is it worth it? You know, like, is it, you know, you expend all of this, this energy. And I remember my mom and I standing above my dad's casket at the visitation a couple of days after, you know? Yeah. And my mom said to me, where did all that energy go? You know, she's just looking at him and she just said, I don't understand. Like, where did it all go? Cause he had all this, he was, energetic and you know talkative and you know like i said things would like stress him out and maybe he'd spiral and it, but but there was there was movement and energy and then there wasn't any you know and we just kind of were standing there looking at this and it was like looking at a mannequin or something you know what i mean it was like it's an yeah. out of body experience as a kid to, really for anyone but but especially yeah. when you're 16 years old you're just going I can't even believe this is happening, that this yeah. is a real thing, but it's very real. And then it kills a lot of people and it doesn't get talked about, you know, stress yeah. is like, I mean, 
where's the money and stress? You know, like where's the I mean, maybe meditation. So I, I so about uh, back in 2010, I signed up for a four day transcendental meditation class, and and sat with this this teacher for a couple of days, uh, all day, talking about things, going through these these techniques. And one of the things that he was explaining to me was how like when you get proficient at this meditation practice, uh, that, that the internal dialogue in your head on some, it, it, it shuts some of it off. The, some of it is like, well, I would say to that guy, this thing. And then that guy would say to me this thing. And then I would say this thing, the in conversations that aren't actually happening, that you're in your, in your mind, you're role-playing them and you're getting stressed out and you're going down a path and you're, you're finding yourself like, oh yeah, well, then he'd say that. And then that would make me really mad. And you know, and it's like, none of this stuff is even happening. This is all in your head. Yeah, so yeah. it was about quieting the voices in your head, so to speak. I mean, you say that, you know, vo- when you say voices in your head, everyone wants to put you in a, <laughs> straight jacket, right? <laughs> Put you in a padded room. But I mean, you know, the internal monologue, the things that you think about or worry about or whatever, he, that was able to sort of calm that. And what was funny about it was that I remember hearing Hugh Jackman uh, on Howard Stern's radio show. And they were talking about this because Howard Stern is big into transcendental meditation and Hugh Jackman was as well. And, and they were talking about like what it did Howard was saying, well, what did it do for you? And he said, I was, he said, well, I was always anxious. He said, like, as an example, when I was driving, you know, I drive by telephone poles. And if I drive by a telephone, pole, I'd have to have my foot off of the, I'd have to have my, you know, my left foot, the foot I wasn't using, it'd have to be off the, off the ground every time, off the floor of, of the car, you know, every time I went by a pole. It, for no reason, you know, that he was explaining. Yeah. This was just some quirky thing that he did. It, it was in his mind or mm-hmm. he was always tapping his foot or something. And he said it just sort of calmed all that down. And I remember mm-hmm. listening to it and I went into the 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 session, the, the four-day session with this TM teacher. And when I signed up for it, he reached out to me and he said, oh, I'm really glad you signed up because we have to do these in groups of two. So I'm going to put you with a partner there was a guy that had been waiting, but we didn't have another partner for him for a while. So you, now that you've signed up now, he's got a partner and we can, we can get ready. We can go. I was like, all right, well, good. So I guess I'll meet this guy. Right. So I, we go to the TM teacher's house and, uh, the first day, and then I, we are sitting on the couch and I hey, meet the guy next to me. Hey, nice to meet you. And, and the teacher goes, I'm just curious. Why are you guys here? Like, how did you even find out about this? And the guy next to me goes, well, I'll go first. He goes, it's kind of embarrassing for me to even mention it. But like, I listened to a lot of Howard Stern. He talked about transcendental meditation. I turned (laughs) to him, I go, that's why I'm here too, you know? And he's like, oh, I don't feel so bad anymore. It was funny to me that of all the reasons, we both had the same reason, you know? It was like, we listened to Howard Stern of all people who, who, if he, and I don't listen to him anymore because now he's like a woke moron. But 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 <laughs> back then he was the abrasive jerky guy that liked to make chicks get naked in in his radio studio and throw baloney at them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like you wouldn't necessarily think that this is the guy that's going to talk to you about meditation and all of this. But 
he kept having conversations with people that had that, that also were doing that. And they were talking about how their success in life just kind of took off afterwards. And I thought, well, there's got to be something to this. I mean, at the very least, let's say my success isn't, you know, I'm not, I don't know if it's what this is going to do for my career necessarily, but just as a human being, is it going to make me better? Is it going to make me chill out on stupid, just not get crazy about stupid stuff? And it did. And, and, and I don't do it as much as I should now, but there was a period of time where I was, you know, in the morning and in the evening, and it really kind of got me, it got me, you know, it got me through a rough time. It got me through a, a real rough time. And, and, and it put me on a different trajectory where, where I don't know if I can say that like, oh, well, my career is better because of this, but I'm a, I'm easier to deal with now. And I think that's helpful for any career, right? You know, I mean, so, so in, in, so, you know, the stress level, it's a constant battle for me. I know some people are just a little bit more, you know, they're wired differently. They're a little bit more mellow, but for me, I'm very much aware that stress is a killer you know, we've got here in the States, it's, it's heart disease and cancer. And then the medical in the American medical industry, number three, and the, the heart disease in the cancer, like, I don't know if it's, if it says that stress is, is sort of related to it, but in my mind, it's related to both of them. Well, uh, I'll tell you right now, just this morning, I was looking at a study in fact, I can even bring it up right here. The 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 quote that I I was going to uh, use in my book. Uh, anyway, there's too many studies, but uh, basically they were saying that high cortisol is high in cancer. Here it is. Here's the uh, quote from the study. Cancer is is an example which clearly shows that high cortisol precedes diseases as proven in experimental work on animals as well as in pre-disease epidemiological studies in humans. And that's a study from 1997 called Cortisol, High Cortisol Diseases and Anti-Cortisol Therapy. So basically the, the list, everything from HIV, multiple sclerosis, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis to depression, heavy drinking, heavy smoking, substance abuse, ulcers, myocardial infarction, diabetes, pain conditions, eczema, psoriasis, skin problems, acne. These are all have a component of high cortisol. Wow. Yeah. So Interesting. It's, it's, so we're we're so we're right in a sense that if you're if you put somebody in a a stressful situation their whole lives or or parts of, you know, like you come home and every time you come home, you're dealing with some jerk that you live with who's, you know, stresses you out. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like everybody, everybody feels psychologically bad in those situations, but, but maybe they don't make the connection that it, that it translates into your physical well being or. Yeah. There's a, a thing called stress hyperglycemia because cortisol, oh. one of its main jobs is to, raise blood sugar when your blood sugar falls down or when your blood sugar drops cortisol is one of the stress hormones that mobilize amino acids and kind of break down tissue to raise the blood sugar that's what we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. how important is your blood glucose level 
and we're being told by the mainstream to restrict the things that supply an efficient fuel for that. But um, so cortisol, it's kind of it's a it's a lifesaver. Without it, you die. But if you're cr- chronically stressed, in fact, in diabetes and all these uh, insulin resistance, a lot of the stress is a great component of diabetes. People are like, oh no, diabetic people just eat too much candy, have too many sodas, and just can't control their their freaking appetite or whatever. No, it's not true. A lot of people just plain old stressed. I was talking to somebody, I was getting interviewed on his podcast two, three months ago, and he, his, I think uh, his brother passed away, and then I think his mother uh, passed away in a very short period of time and then a few months later he went to the doctor and the doctor diagnosed him with diabetes this guy was a freaking trainer like he trains people fitness for a living <laughs> mm-hmm. you know he wasn't diabetic from from food it's from the, the cortisol wow interesting yeah. so we've yeah so we've got to play that game too or we've got to keep an eye on our our stress levels because uh not just for our mental well-being, but our physical well-being Absolutely. as well. Yeah, interesting. To uh, good thing to know. And in fact, cortisol can atrophy regions of the brain. I think it was the hippocampus. I think the amygdala and I think the prefrontal cortex. I I believe. And these are these are regions of the brain that are uh, not the amygdala, something else. But the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex, these are involved in learning, memory, executive function. So literally, cortisol or stress can make you more dumber. Wow. Yeah. But if you're in a situation, a really bad situation growing up as a kid, a stressful, terrifying environment, you know, dad's beating mom up or whatever. And you're witnessing this the whole time. And then the kids turn out messed up. It's not just from witnessing this. It may also physically be like the manifestation of all that stress turning into cortisol, turning into like a brain eating virus, right? (laughs) Exactly. And then people self-medicate with drugs and alcohol, whatever else. And that's our suboptimal way of self-medicating, you know? So I think a lot of addiction i mean gabor mate has been talking about that for for years now but a lot of addiction and depression it comes from the people that self-medicate might not get depressed but then they might get addicted and then the Mm. people that are too sort of maybe they were in a puritanical environment or something and you can't you can't get addicted but then you can develop depression you know it's kind of it's really so i think stress definitely is at at the core biochemical psychological physical there's different kinds of stress you know but um yeah it's it's good it's it's nice to see you because like also you deal with the darkest of the dark dude you know and yeah to me people people like that they i don't know how they don't snap like i i I really don't I, i had to stop doing the research because i i definitely was a little bit depressed last year i i believe so yeah it it's my defense mechanism for that is humor. And I try to find, you know, I try to laugh at how absurd everything has gotten and how crazy it's been. My last book was more taking a look at like the, the insanity of, uh, you know, the, the hypocrisy of, of, of the double standards that we have in this, in this world. 
And it was, it was, it was like, take a look at this, how crazy this is. And it's funny, you know, and I was, I, so it was, that was like a lighter, lighter vibe for yeah. the book. And I try to, you know, sometimes I, I, I try to, to make it, you know, without, without being disrespectful to the topic uh, in, in trying to not minimize the serious nature of some of these things, you know, but at the same time, trying to like keep that sense of humor about like, you have to laugh at how crazy things have gotten, you know, to, so that keeps me going. I also try not to get into, there's some things that I know that if I topics or videos that I watch, I know it's going to just put me in a bad, bad mood or a bad, uh, frame of mind where, you know, I don't, so, so some things I just try to stay away from if it's, you know, like children getting hurt or something. I just, I, 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 there was a period, especially when my, when my daughter was really young that I just, I couldn't watch a news story that was like, Child, you know, mom, mom accidentally pulling out of the driveway, backs over, runs over their kid, you know, and I, I, I can't even watch, I can't watch the story. It was too much for me. So I, I had to get, I had to sort of get uh, picky about my topics and, and make sure that I wasn't, uh, you know, make sure that I w- wasn't going down paths that were going to really make me depressed. Cause like you said, I mean, the, the, the information's t- tough to handle. Yeah. It's really hard to to process it. I've kind of un, I've, I've come to understand a lot of it, a lot of the evilness. I don't I mean, un, understand in the sense that I recognize that it's out there. I'll never really understand it, of course, but mm-hmm. but I mean, I recognize that it's out there. And so I treat it like as as like I'm a mortician or a or guy or, or or a pathologist doing an autopsy. I try not to think about this guy had a dinner yeah. plans. Yeah. You know, this guy was making plans for next week and now he's on my table, you know. I I try to take the that emotion out of it when I can because if I live in that emotion it's it's hard. It and is so I try to be be as as cold, not I just try to be as as I try to treat it like a like I'm like I'm the the coroner. You know, yeah. and I'm and and I, I try not to take it, get personal with it. Only not because I don't, not out of disrespect for the for the person, but out of respect for my my brain. You know, for yeah. my own sensibilities. Like I can't. You're right. You can't live in the darkness all the time, and and you have to kind of pull yourself out for, come up for air every now and then, just to to keep your soul intact. You know. Yeah. I think it's like being a cop or a fireman or something. You know, you see enough. Um, it, it's like me when I was kind of, at, at one point, I was really a pretty empathetic person. So, like, when my clients would struggle th- through the program, you know, a few months in, and they would kind of be, like, two steps forward, one step back, and they'd be, like, going through a rough period. Like, I used to just think about it a lot, and I'm like, man, this is not... This is not going to really work out well. Like you have to be empathetic. I, I think this is one of the, the worst thing about um, medicine is they kind of teach them, the doctors to not give a damn about the patients. You know, I think that's really 
the part of helping a person heal is to see them where they're at. And but it was kind of really draining. You know what I mean? And it shouldn't be. I don't think. I don't think giving should drain you. And that's kind of it's. It, that, that's what it looks like when you when you come out with the podcast. It it feels like after you're done with the podcast. First of all, everybody's screaming for more. It's like, oh, is the hour gone already? But mm -hmm. like, it it feels like you're energized. So it feels like you're putting in the right kind of energy where you're giving, you're you know, you're spreading the information, you're bearing the brunt of it. You know, getting kind of it's like the um, the analogy of the the shaman, the wounded healer. You know, they get hurt, so then they can help others heal. So it's like you you go into the darkness. So shed some light on it, help help us understand it a little bit better, you know. And I think if you come from the right place, feed the right energy into the craft, then you're you're energized as opposed to drained from it. Yeah, and and every time I go into, um, like when I go to when 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 I go to Narcapoco this this coming February, before I go and do any of the stuff that I'm going to do there, the, the hosting, MC and all that stuff. I'm going to find their shaman. Uh, his name is Bearheart. I, I know him. I've met him before. He, he does not look like how you would expect a shaman. No feathers. <laughs> Six foot five, 260 pounds, Whoa. ripped, huge, wow. giant guy, shaved head, big beard. You <laughs> wearing a robe, Saw this guy walking down this down the the hallway. Who is I go, who is that guy? That guy's somebody. I don't know who he is, but that guy's somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? They go, oh, he's the shaman. I, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> awesome. white guy, white guy, right? You know what I mean? Like in 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 Mexico. You know, so I met him. I started talking to him, and he was so calm that I got calm just by talking. Have you ever met somebody like yeah. that? That's so yes. chilled out that you recognize you're like, Oh, I'm at a, I'm going to too high of an energy. I got to bring <laughs> it down a little bit for this guy. When, when I get to an Arcapulco, I'm going to find him first. And I'm going to say, let's go for a walk or let's go talk or let's go somewhere where you can sort of get me, get my head right before mm -hmm. this. Cause I feel like I need every now and then I need to be like reset. You know, I need you to power me all the way off. Give me a minute, like your computer, go do something else, come back, then start it up again, let everything reboot and start in the right frame of mind. I'm going to find him. I've been thinking about that because I, I talked to him throughout the whole week last year and I really enjoyed him. And I thought he was great. And I hope he, I hope he comes back. I think he is. He's sort of their, their guy for, awesome. for that. He does a lot of the retreats and, and I want to make sure that I'm, um, and I don't, I want to make sure I'm in the right frame of mind. And I personally don't see any sort of problem with checking in with a guy like that every now and then, or, you know, like people to meet with psychiatrists or they meet with, they have counselors or therapists or whatever you want to call it. Somebody that can see you from another perspective yeah. that can say, you seem okay here, but I'm noticing, I'm noticing anxiety. I'm noticing hesitation. You seem a little stressed or whatever it is that I can't see. Maybe he can see it. And I want to make sure that I'm on the, I'm in the right 
headspace for what I'm about to embark on <laughs> for that week because it's going to be great and it's going to but it and it's going to be a lot of work but it's not, it's not going to feel like work but I want it to be great I want I want my performance there to be the best that it can be oh yeah and and, and I and and I know that I, I sometimes need to, to shut up and like get my head straight and then, and be humbled a bit and, and come into it, just come Bro, into it, you know, the, the right way. And, and you're going to crush, you're going to crush baby. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I just, I, I, I think if I get there and I do, I think that that crowd is, that crowd is the is is magic, and I've said this because I've been a speaker there on three different occasions, and and I and I and I meet everybody that I can, and I mingle around, and I talk to people beforehand, and and I've started off the my, I've started off at least one of the presentations with just an acknowledgement to the audience that you're my this is you're my type of people. You know, and, and because it's true, because I see them and they're thinking about the world differently and they're frustrated with some things and they want to do things differently and they, they know that they can be better, but they need to meet other people and help them and see what everyone's working on. And I just really connect with that. So I'm not worried because I, there's no reason for me to be worried because why would I worry about being around my people? Exactly. I just want to make sure that I'm functioning at, you know, at my ultimate capacity. And I think that sometimes you have to, you have to be honest about yourself from time to time and say, I need, uh, I need some tuning, you know, fix it up, fix me up a little bit, doc. It's, it's kind of funny, but, um, when you mentioned, an Arcapulco a while back and I started thinking about it my you know how you when you go for a, a trip you always make a list if if it's like a bigger trip yeah. you make a list of what you need bro I kid you not my top three things on my list are my red blue blocking glasses for before bed right that's uh, super important buy um, and then it's all the supplements right so yeah. I'm, I'm all, this is like the first thing I start thinking about. Okay, so I'm going to need Alpha GPC. Okay, so it's going to be seven days and then two days trips. So, okay, I need this many Alpha GPC. And then I'm going to want to get this. And then I'm going to, then, okay, there's going to be, I won't be eating the food I eat normally. Probably be more polyunsaturated fat. So I want to get more vitamin E. And then it's like, and then literally like I've only thought about that. And then the last day I throw some underpants, some socks, and maybe a couple of shirts, a couple of pair of shorts, and that's kind of how I plan. That's I don't care about the clothes. I, I I've been thinking about the same stuff too, because like I said, I've got this pharmacy in my in my bathroom. And <laughs> I go, all right, do I was because I went to Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and I was there for like five days because uh, I was there with my family. But I my mom lives there. I have a business out there and everything, so I'm out there all the time. But I loaded up this empty 
acetyl l carotene bottle with that I just finished. I was like, okay, I'm going to need five of these <laughs> and I'm going to need 15 of these. And I'm putting it in. And so I'm loading up this thing and so I've got this, in, I've got this whole bottle that's filled with stuff. I'm just shaking it. And now I'm thinking if I go, if they decide to pull me out for some reason, go and tear my bag apart and they find this bottle of pills, they're going to be like, what are you doing with all these? Like, what, what is this? I'd be like, that's creatine. That's magnesium. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's for your mitochondria. <laughs> you start well, giving the guy I, a lesson there. I was doing the same thing you were doing. I mean, I did it for my recent trip, but I was even thinking about it for my, for the Mexico trip. I'm like, all right, I've got to figure out oh, how yeah. many days I'm going to be there oh, yeah. because I'm now, I now am of the belief that I'm going to need, whether, regardless of where I'm going, whether I'm going to Las Vegas for nothing, you know, for just a family trip, or if I'm going to an anarchist conference for, for seven days and five of those days, I'm going to be up on stage in front of everybody. I'm going to need to be feeling good operating at at high capacity and this is part of my regiment now this is just part of the deal and and I'm fine with it and and all that all those pills and all those supplements they work well for me my body will tell me what I can't really process the only thing on the of all the stuff that that you and I have worked on and all of the the products that I've got I'm good with all of them the one zinc. thing I cannot hold down is the zinc I just can't well, it, get it if that's the case, just just skip it for now. I don't. I, I have I, been. I, I've had yeah. to skip it because it's like, oh, do I want to like? I don't want to get my brain thinking. Well, when you eat these pills, you always want to throw up. Like I've identified which one it is that does it. That I know which one it is. So I'm like, well, you know, we've had a couple of people that don't really like the zinc, even with food. So empty stomach, you try first, then with a small meal. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then yeah. sometimes we go back to it after a few months, and then they tolerate it better. So uh, yeah, it's. The thing is, by the way, I've. It's not that my wife sometimes messes with me. Oh, you were addicted to all these supplements. It's not like I'm addicted to the supplements. But you see, when someone asks me, "Why are you taking this? Why are you taking that?" I can give you a plethora of reasons. Let's say why I take Alpha GPC. Well, first of all, it's been shown to help people with traumatic brain injury, ischemic sort of strokes type events. It helps to repair and heal the brain. If it's helping to repair and heal the brain and, and, and improve outcomes in people with like really serious health problems, you think it might help with our brains and improve our yeah. brain function? And then it's like the MSM, or detoxification. I start talking about mitochondria and stuff. But uh, I noticed generally if I take a supplement, I don't feel a difference. And generally I tell people, if you feel really good after taking a supplement – Probably you were deficient in whatever you were adding there. Yeah. But um, I noticed a couple, two, three weeks ago, I was interviewing somebody, this time exactly, for the podcast, and I forgot uh, to take a, a few of my things that day. They were more for brain function. Mm -hmm. And because I wake up at like 5, 6 a.m., it's been 12 hours working hard, taking care of my kid, blah, blah, blah. I noticed, dude, at this time, I, was, I wanted to ask the guy a question, and it was in my head, and I was forgetting and I was tired, and I, my sentences were like, were, were in, I couldn't complete my sentences. And then I, I, after that, I was like, oh. So I was working my ass off all day, D woke up super early, didn't take my alpha GPC, didn't take my other kind of two, three uh, that are part of the new tropic stack. So then I was like, okay, so that's that's what it's like 
to not be operating at optimal capacity. That's what it's like to be operating after, let's say, a 10-hour day and being tired. So these things are a real game changer if you're like a presenter, speaker, um, programmer, writer, podcaster. These things, they, they really only come to shine when you have to really use your head to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're just kind of pottering around the house all day, you might not really feel them. But I guarantee you, if if you could clone yourself, go go to Narcopuco, use the use the stuff, and then your your carbon copy doesn't use the stuff. I think I I guarantee you you see a massive difference. Well, I'll tell you what. Regardless of whether I physically will or not anymore, now mentally I will because now I'm I've I've I have associated taking those pills with improved cognitive function. So whether it's real or the placebo effect at some point it's 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 going to have an impact on me now because I start my day with them. I I've, I've got a routine now. I know I these are the ones I could take in I take in these in the morning, these are the evening ones. These are the ones I take with food, these are the ones I take without, food. you know. So I've I'm now on this schedule and uh it's working for me. And again, like you said, it's it's hard to pinpoint. There it's not a high you know, yeah. it's not like it's oh, buzzing. You know, like it's not that. It's just subtle. I'm 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 more efficient in a way that's not uh, you know. And I kind of joked a, a couple days ago when my box of stuff showed up. You know, like <laughs> I bought more stuff, and uh, I'm opening it up. My wife's like, "What? What is it?" I'm like, "My drug <laughs> dealer's here." You know, like I open it up <laughs> and I pull all the stuff out, and she and I was like, "Well, this, this is." This is what 51 and taking drugs looks like. It's not <laughs> quite like what it was when it was 21 and taking drugs. You know? yeah, rolling different, it, it looks a little bit different. And so to me, I, that's the, this is where I am in my, in my life. And, and, and I like that I feel good and I like that I don't feel foggy and I do need recall. And now I'm, I'm sort of transitioning in, not just from my, um, podcast, but now going into now Monday through Friday radio mm-hmm. with, with guests and I've got to be on my, I've got to be sharp and I got to understand that this is not a static question and answer session that I'm going to be asking questions and getting answers and that I might not be expecting and I'm going to have to adjust. So I'm going to yeah. need to be in it live, you know, so there's no do overs or with this. So it's like, I'm going to need to focus for that hour I'm going to need to just really be in the zone. You're After be- that, I can do whatever. But this, but again, this is going to play a huge role for me in that process. You're going to be processing current events every day and to 10 people, 10 different people every week. That's huge. That's yeah, a huge, a um, bur- not burden, but you know, it's, it, it requires energy and, yeah. and, to to be in a this is what bro this is why i tell people to eat more carbs man like people think that you know if you just kind of just your body will, will figure it out somehow if you eat, you, know, you eat a couple of steaks and you know have some butter yes you are you are there is potential for energy there but carbs clean carbs like honey maple syrup fruit you know milk these things, these are kind of clean carbohydrates. No, you know, none of these starches that can cause uh, gut problems. This is like immediately usable by the liver, by the brain. And man, I tell you, 
once I started my once I started starting my day instead of just with a uh, cup of coffee as I used to do I now I have like maybe two three four tablespoons of honey up to a liter like a quart of milk like I have a ton of carbs in the morning and just I'm coming to ride here just dude things are working much better nootropics I know are helping but the, the at the end of the day the brain runs on glucose unless you're in ketosis even then it still requires 30 40 percent of its energy needs to be fulfilled by glucose so once people get this start the day with a little bit of honey or maple syrup or carbs OJ or juice some oranges or eat some watermelon and end the day with a little bit of carbs like a couple of tablespoons of honey you are going to First of all, you're going to reduce the period of time where your cortisol is very elevated. It, in the morning, when you wake up, you've been running on cortisol for hours. And then when you go to bed, if you top up your liver stores with a little bit of honey or with some glucose, glycogen from honey or whatever, you are going to shorten that time where you're running on cortisol. So in the morning, you cut it off, that cortisol time. And then in the evening, you shorten the period. And then you're living, like think about over 10, 20 years, you're living, let's say, six hours less of your day on cortisol and stress hormones. Yeah. That is, I believe this is a huge longevity thing that is very subtle and you will only kind of see the effects of it, you know, when you're 90 and kite surfing or something. Right. But I want, I want to know it. You know, I'm ready for it. I want that information. Whether or not I incorporate that into my life, that's a different story, but I want to know that. So mm. it's it's one of the reasons why I'm really glad that you and I connected because you know the, the traditional information that we're given in the US is just it's just all wrong. It's yeah. it, it and the only question is, is is it wrong intentionally? I mean, it's undeniable that the that the the information about nutrition and, and stress and, and the way our bodies work, what they tell us in schools is just, it's, it's incorrect. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they, maybe they think that they're giving you the right information. But in the end, the results show otherwise. The results show we have a sick population that Extreme. doesn't understand, that, that doesn't, you know, doesn't respect themselves enough or doesn't understand what's happening. Or I don't know if it's like it turns their the caring part of their brain off first before it destroys their physical body. Maybe, or maybe, you know, you, when your physical body is getting destroyed, you, your brain adapts and just like, just don't even think about that. Anymore. It's so long gone. You don't even want to, you don't even want to acknowledge that you're a hundred pounds overweight anymore. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a, a great line from a Jimmy Buffett song, and he says, uh, you know, I treat my body like a temple. You treat yours like a tent. And I think that in America, there's a lot of people that are walking around with tents. You know what I mean? And and, and it doesn't have to be that way. And that's the thing that I think, I guess, is the, maybe the the good news and the bad news is that good news is you can change it. Bad news is you, you haven't yet. You haven't done it. So I fully recognize that there are some things that are out of my control, you know, that, that, that I can't really do much about. But you know, I can get hit by a bus tomorrow and, you know, you can, you can only do certain things to prevent 
that. But at, at some point, bad luck kind of plays a role. But if I know that doing the th- eating the things, you know, eating certain foods or drinking certain things, if I know that that is going to be in the long run really bad for me, even in the short run, it's going to make me feel crappy. I'm like, if I eat that, I'm going to feel bad. That's come from trial and error. I've had to get honest with myself about things like, I like that, but if I eat that, I'm going to feel like hell tomorrow. If I drink that, if I do, you know, like as an example with alcohol, I never was much of a big drinker, you know, but you'll go down, you know, go down to Mexico like this, this last year at a Narcopoco and we're out at the bars afterwards or anything. And I'm having, you know, I'm having a couple beers, but everyone's like, oh my God, I love your podcast. Let me buy you a shot. I just immediately, <laughs> I, my, I immediately announced it like no shots, no hard alcohol. I just <laughs> won't do it. I love you guys. It's fun. I'm flattered. It's cool. I, I, I'll, I'll, we'll sit and hang out. I'll drink this beer with you. We can talk. But I know from trial and error, if I do tequila shots with you, I will want to kill myself tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just yeah, know yeah. it. I don't have to go. So some of this stuff I've, I've learned the hard way as mm-hmm. we all do, Yeah. but, but I've, I've learned the hard way. And then I've said, I don't do that anymore. So, so again, and maybe that's age, maybe that's just experience or whatever, but Both, yeah, yeah, I don't want to, comes I with, wanna, I don't, I know how this is going to end. Yeah. I don't need to go down that path and do that again. As an example with food, if I eat a slice of greasy pizza, even if I l- think I'm going to love it, if I eat that slice of greasy pizza within 10 minutes of eating it, I my face is going to feel as oily to me as that pizza was. Wow. And I know that. So I, I just go, I, I can't eat it. I can't yeah. eat that right now. My, it looks bro, good my only and I would thing love I to eat it, but I know. Stop. What's that? <laughs> Sorry, I uh, we, we got a delay there. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. The only thing I can't not eat is the occasional um, hot sauce. And uh, la- a few days ago, I, was, I woke up, like I was all, <clears throat> all bent out of shape all the day. I was like, you know, a bit gassy. I was like, I was telling my wife, God damn, did I, did I get some parasite somewhere? I'm already like rifling through the anti, anti-parasite protocols and stuff. And then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I had some, some chili with, with my carne last night. Let me give this a day. I don't think it was, I don't think it's parasites or anything. So the next day, completely fine. I'm like, dang, God, why do I, I love it so much. It hurts every time, like at the yeah. customs office, if you know what I mean, but I just can't stop doing it, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, and I, I just, I just want to feel, I want to feel as good as I can. Some, you know, the pre- preventable things I want to prevent. I, the, the unpreventable things, you, you know, you just put yourself in a situation where you, where you try not to feel bad or you try not to be out no, at good. bars all night. And I, and I, and I've really tried to prioritize my sleep. And if I time it right, I don't need to worry about like, Oh, I need to force myself to get, to, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired by the end of the yeah. night. And I, and, and, and like the magnesium stuff that you like, I was, if I took that earlier in the day, I felt like a little sleepy. So I go, no, 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 I'll take that. That's the last thing I do. I'll take this at night. And so, so again, part of it is like 
find, you know, getting in tune with, yeah, with yeah. where my body is and, and what works for me and what doesn't. And, and, uh, and if I can do it all perfectly, I come in for a nice landing at the end of the night, you know, where I'm just, just tired enough at the right time and not staying out all night. And, and, and I have a, a fairly predictable schedule too, which I think helps. And I think a lot of times people that are on the road traveling quite a bit, they, their, their body is just forced to be out of rhythm, you know, and I don't think that's good for anybody. I don't think so either. I think, but definitely what you said is it's all about, and you, you you have to be, it's like, I guess it's a stupid analogy to compare the body to a car, but you know, like guys that are into their car, they can hear when something is kind of, the engine is purring the wrong way. It's not yeah. purring like a kitten. And I think this is why we have, to, we, uh, what you said is we have to become in tune with our body. And like, for example, if I, if I don't sleep, like I, I had a kind of three sleepless nights or crappy sleep um, last week. And I was like, I have an algorithm. The first first thing is, did I eat enough carbohydrates in the evening? Then the second thing is, and it, it, that was enough to figure it out. It, I, it was the temperature of the room because if the change of the seasons, it either is too hot or too cold until we figure out the temperatures and the, the blankets. Now it's getting colder. So figure that out. And then, but you can get, you can get so much, so much deeper. Did I have a coffee later in the day? There, but you always have to kind of fine tune. And maybe I couldn't sleep. Uh, or maybe two two magnesiums. I couldn't sleep well. Let me try three the next night. Maybe that works. Let me try two again. Okay, didn't sleep as well. Try three again. That works. Now you know, kind of, you've titrated to what. So, I love to see people kind of experiment and fine tune because, like, for example, like I I I tell people like try this, try that, and you know, like in your case, you, zinc doesn't work for you. Somebody else, they have some carbs in the morning and they feel really tired and. Like, sorry, I have to have my coffee. I'm not having these carbs until like 12 o'clock. Like, do you do you. You got to do you, yeah. man. Like, at the end of the day, you are extremely unique. Even though we look, we have genetically, we're very, very similar. Like 99 point, God knows how much percent. We are extremely unique. Like where we live, our history, our current biochemistry, nutritional status, all that stuff, stress levels. So it's it's important. I think this is where people kind of, they think, or and don't and I don't want to like put the blame on the people. I think it's the educational system is lacking, where all these twelve years of school, we're not even like we taught very very basic things about nutrition biology, but we're not taught how to look after ourselves. I I don't know like I don't think uh, you know physical education. It's all about like how fast you can run or how how far you can jump, but we never. We never actually taught like to tune into our body, listen to our needs. I think the stuff is completely eschewed by the materialistic sort of paradigm out there. How can you? How can the medical industry make money then? If you if you are 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 paying attention to, you need to go talk to the doctor. Who the doctor's the only one that knows how your body works. You know that's what they yeah. they convince you to to outsource your thinking to the doctor and say, well, t- you tell me doc, what should I be doing? Well, if you listen to them, you'll get, you, you'll be on pharmaceutical drugs and you'll be on shots and you'll be on this <laughs> regimen, you know, and you, and then I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the right solution. But I've, I, I think that if you get, if you get good at, at listening to your your body and recognizing it too. Sometimes, you know, you listen to it and then you go, eh, I'm going to override it anyway. You're like yeah. I'm too tired to go out 
and you go, ah, I'm going to go out anyway. And you feel <laughs> bad and you go, I shouldn't have gone out or, or you feel like, Oh, I'm just, I feel like I'm just starting to get beginnings of a sore throat or a, whatever. I know what to do in that situation. I'm going to go do that. And then I'm going to go to sleep again. It's part of it is like re- knowing your body and recognizing what's what you think is going wrong with it and then acting on it too. Right. Like, so yeah. like trusting that you, like, I think I'm, there's been a couple times where I felt like, I feel like someone close to me was sick. Like my wife was sick a couple of weeks ago and I was like, Oh man, like, you know how that goes. It's like, you just eventually, you're going to get sick. Right. And a couple days after that, I started to feel like a little weirdness in my throat that felt different than everything. And I go, you know what? I've got the stuff. I'm going to hit it with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine right now. Really? Boom. And I'm not even going to screw around. I'm just going to hit it with that. And the, and I did it that, that day. And then the following day, then the morning I did it again and I never, it never turned into anything. Wow. So sometimes I, 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 I've been better about recognizing, um, yeah. The onset of that. Another example of that, and this is a weird one that I get, but it's the one thing I get. It's the and I've never. It started. It started eleven years ago. It was the first time I ever got this, and I didn't know what it was. I I told my wife, I think I have turf toe. I think I sprained my toe somehow. I must have been at the gym doing something, but my right big toe was killing me. Right. And I bought like a leg, like a kind of like an ankle brace, like whatever, you know, and and I was like, well, maybe, maybe I just need to stabilize my toe. And it got worse and worse and worse. I couldn't figure out what it was. Called my father-in-law, who's a doctor. And he said, you have gout. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? He says, you, you need medication for that. Like you, there's, there's a five day process for that. You need to go in and see somebody. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So I went in and, and, and got the pills that, that you take over the five days and it went away and that's what it was. And, and it went away from that time though. It's come back on like three different occasions over the last 11 years. Mm-hmm. The last time I went, the last time it happened, I, I had to go to an urgent care, you know, not too far from me wow. to get the prescription for it. But when they prescribe, whatever they prescribed for me, I wrote, I wrote it down and I got it. I got it filled because it was immediate need. But then I also ordered a bunch of it from India, from this pharmacy that I I've been dealing with there, mm-hmm. that I got some things from like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. I was like, Oh, what is this? <laughs> the gout stuff. So I've now I've got that. Like I've got a bunch of that enough to last me like for forever, I think. And <laughs> a couple of months ago, something i i was doing something and i was like oh my big toe is starting to throb and i just said you know what i'm just i'm not even gonna screw around with it i'm immediately gonna take the gout medicine day one i took it one day next day didn't feel anything so that is trial and error that is me starting to like recognize when you feel this it could lead to that and if you have and and you're gonna need this other thing to fight it and so the quicker you recognize it, the quicker you jump into action, the the greater the chances are it doesn't turn into the thing that you were you were worried about. In both cases, I've been like, damn, 
other than proactive, the gout thing could have very easily spiraled into full-blown gout and it didn't. The, The sore throat thing could have very easily turned into whatever it was. It didn't. But that was, again, that was not luck. That was, that was education, education on it, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, so part of this, like, you know, we, we want to tell the doctors like, fix me, but the doctors have to ask you a bunch of questions first. Well, how do you, how do you feel? This is, you know, if you just asked yourself these questions, you might find that you have the answers already. Like, well, I'm starting to feel the way I feel when I'm coming down with that, you know, this thing that I get every now and then. And so, I've, I've just been, um, having to be better about listening to my body. And then once I listen to my body, recognize what it means and then do something about it. That's yeah. the next step, right? You got to do something about it. Bro. Absolutely. Like, uh, over the last couple of weeks, my uh, mother-in-law was visiting. So, um, <clears throat> I've been locked up here writing the whole time. They were kind of downstairs taking care of the kid and whatnot. And, they both told me over the last couple of weeks because I have an infrared light in the um, in the living room where I have my morning coffee and I usually shine that on myself and I have a, a red light with near-infrared light. So I have red, near-infrared, and red light that I kind of use. And both of them, it's basically like this thing I have here. It's like a $20 light bulb like you have in a terrarium or whatever, or like right, a chicken right. coop. And both of them told me they use the lamp because I told them, like, if you ever get sick or if you, if you feel like you have something in your lymph nodes, whatever, like, it's hard. Or an injury, like an elbow is sore, just shine that light uh, a, few, a few times a day if you can or a couple of times if you can. And both of them told me they, they shone the light uh, around their throat area once. Yeah. And both of their whatever sickness was developing went away. So I'm like, wow. that's why it's for... That's why if you listen to Uncle Chris once in a while, you'll be... Oh, they do listen. They do listen. <laughs> but it's interesting. Last night, I, I kind of... Because it's gotten cold here. I was kind of sitting in a weird position writing all day. And I, I kind of messed up my knee, bro. And I know immediately what to take. I take chondroitin sulfate, methosulfonomethane, MSM. Um, and I, I use this light for about 20 minutes in the evening. And my, my right knee which is where the injury was. I don't know. It was a muscular bone cartilage completely went away. Today was perfect. So really, it's about, okay. Cause I have yeah. an, I have a messed up elbow and I'm going to need, I, dude, I was going to tell you about it last time. I didn't want to inundate you with stuff though. So this, okay. if you go, if you go on Amazon and just type in infrared light bulb, they're about $20. I recommend them to most of my clients kind of that I feel would you know go through the hassle of setting it up what is good mm-hmm. for is if you take four of these you can actually set them up you can get kind of clamp arms you want to get something sturdy not like this kind of wonky thing because it does get very hot but uh, if you can set up three or four of these create a mini sauna that's all you need and if you do it let's say you have your morning coffee or you watch watching the news whatever if you set it up in a little place where you read your book in the morning and use that to just to shine on you especially in the warmer months, that's for most people all you need to get a sweat going and actually start using like, you're using sauna. And that's the easiest way and the cheapest way I can get people to start doing sweating and sauna in a parasympathetic manner when you're sitting down as opposed to like sweating in the gym because there's less sort of 
detox pathways then it's because you're more in fight or flight mode, mode if you know what i mean so yeah bro this this for your elbow would really work well and if you want to look into something else called dmso dimethylsulfoxide the okay. only problem that stuff works so well i had a back injury last year and uh i put some of that stuff on my back it works so well for pain that i re-injured myself because i completely forgot i had an injury so <laughs> it, it's that, that good that's what i'm saying that's that's how i injured my elbow was because i was finally starting to feel good and i was starting to do a little bit more weight and i got a little ahead of myself and then i injured i was like wow what am i doing that's so stupid you know so it's completely preventable yeah try, try the light okay. for sure yeah about 10 minutes three times a day or 15 minutes it would work up to it of course you know gradually it really man it's fucking it's it's amazing it's amazing because in the sun is i think something like 60 70 percent infrared light so it's a nutrient that we are not getting because even if we're outside most of our body is covered so you're adding back a nutrient like when i was waiting for you to join the room i was kind of reading some stuff i was just getting blasted with infrared light because i'm kind of cooped up in here and it's the days are short so these, yeah. these little little tips and tricks kind of they really they add up bro over time they really add up you know you add a, a supplement here a bit of red light there maybe you you get some blue blockers for the evening maybe you get a like a grounding kit like i have these are super cheap so i'm always grounded at least when i'm here because yeah. we're not our feet are not touching the the mother earth so little things like that you know get an emf blanket maybe when next time you're on the plane you know, or an EMF cap, get a, yeah. a cap or a hat. These little things, man, they just add up. That's what it's all about. And it's simple and it becomes a habit. And yeah. it's not a, I know in the beginning, people when they have 10 supplements to take, they're like, oh my God, the, the whole thing. And then I forgot. And then I thought I messed up. So then I didn't take it because I thought I'd already messed up. So I might as well just like not do it anymore. <laughs> you know? Right. And no, it becomes a habit. It's yeah. It's part of who, you, you know, what your routine. So it's all good. I'm ready to incorporate the infrared light bulb in them awesome. because I'm already, I'm already good with the supplements. I'm already used to that. I definitely need this. I'll just, uh, I'll I'll find awesome. I'll I'll get one today on Amazon. I'll buy it because I always like I mean I I'm interested in these little hacks and yeah. I know that there's so much more that we can always learn about our body and I know that that uh, I know that I'm look I'm not going to go get surgery. I'm not going to go get an MRI on my elbow because if they said, "Oh yeah, we need to do reconstructive surgery." I'd be like, "I'm not going to do that." So yeah, so I might as well try something else if you've got so the, the infrared light bulb sounds like a good option for me. It's a, it's a good um it's a good kind of step in the right direction. I would say you could even try it on your toe if you feel a flare coming up. Yeah. But I'll not try that it on you, everything. Yeah, not that you shouldn't take the the pill to to help because I I've I've heard how horrible gouty pain is. It's I, the worst pain I have ever experienced in my I've heard that. life I've heard when, that, when yeah. you don't know what it is and it goes untreated i mean I, the idea of having even just the thinnest sheet on top of my foot was unthinkable i don't even want to experience that bro man it is so yeah. painful it's Charlie, such a dumb it's such a dumb in, 
ailment to have, you know, I like, I know. like, Oh, didn't I'm like, didn't Kings that like ate cake and drank brandy get this. And like, aren't, isn't this like a fat guy disease? I'm like, I don't have any of these things. Like, why, why do I have this? I'm just thinking, well, you know, I guess if it's, if there's one thing I can have, if it's that, then it's not the end of the world. Right. I can, I can fix that. Well, as long as you have a weight, sometimes like this is what we, we, we kind of, it's not about eschewing all drugs. I honestly, like I was saying when I was on your radio show, TNT, I was saying, man, we have some of these anti-serotonin drugs, pharmaceuticals that can help with cancer and like people take them and they cure their own depression. They take use them off label. So we actually have quite a lot of good drugs. Like we're really good at specific things, blocking receptors, specific uh, enzymes and stuff like that. So if we actually, all that, all those billions and billions that have been spent on researching these drugs, if they were actually put to truly for the betterment of humanity. I I honestly think like, for example, if you look at antihistamines, I think people that take antihistamines, they've, they've done like uh, epidemiolo- epidemiological research. Those people live longer. Like it, it seems like they live longer. So blocking certain things in the body, like estrogen, cortisol, not fully, but to, to an extent to like below or close to like low physiological levels, like uh, uh, serotonin, cortisol, estrogen, histamine. If we can block those, there's actually benefits to it, you know. And if we yeah. can boost up androgens, you know, pregnenolone, progesterone, testosterone. So, bro, we could spending billions and billions, we could discover amazing things to to that the, we could probably create superhumans that were still just meat, not no yeah. AI or chips right. or implants, but, but they don't want to do that. It's the opposite. That's the or opposite. at the very least during the time that you are here, you would feel good during that time. You I mean, be, I yeah. feel good. I feel I'm fortunate. It's not luck. I mean, I make myself feel good. I do the things that you need to do, but I feel good. There's nothing worse than feeling bad. No, you trade anything. You know what I mean? If you're just somebody that's chronically ill all the time. So again, like even if we don't extend our life span through the use of this, just enjoying and having higher quality of, of, of life now, how do you quantify that? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, oh, you spend a lot of money on supplements. Yeah. But I feel good. How much would you pay to feel good? You know, if you feel bad, you'd pay almost anything to feel good again. And so why wait until you feel bad to then make that investment instead the way I see it? And I know you do too, is let's just get in good habits now. Not even hard. I'm not sacrificing anything with the habits. I mean, the taking the pills, I mean, it takes me five seconds. There's no, there's no time wasted. There's no, there's nothing. The only thing is money. It's just money, right? You just spend it on that. Now, I can waste money on something dumb that I'll never use or a pair of shoes that I don't really love. Or I can spend money on something that I know is going to make me feel just, I'm just going to be a little bit more high functioning. And if I'm a little bit more high functioning, then A, I feel better, but also I feel think that maybe I would be better at my job. And if I'm better at my job, then that is, again, hard to, hard to measure how, what that means in the long run. And so all of a sudden that, 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 oh, you're, you're spending a lot of money on supplements. Well, 
I'm better at my job now than I was before. So now I'm making more money now. So is, how much am I? Re- Maybe this was yeah, the best no. investment I ever spent is, is every month. And that's how I view this is I view this as the cost of doing business on this planet is that it's I've like got insurance. To, like insurance. We, we, exactly. We pay, it's, it's, it's insurance. Yeah. It, you, we, we pay insurance, health insurance and you know, God forbid when, a, if an accident happens that, that does come in handy, but for example, like vitamin E, for me, that is that is health insurance that costs whatever ten bucks a month, right? Okay, it's a few other things you might be taking, but you're taking you 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 have insurance that you're not going to have a subclinical deficiency that will cause certain processes in the body to be downregulated. It's like if you take vitamin E, you are there's insurance that your brain cells don't get damaged like what like i don't know how how to to more clearly describe it like literally some of these things protect your brain from freaking brain damage it's <laughs> like it's an internal <clears throat> helmet yeah. right it's like a helmet inside your brain it's like vitamin e <laughs> vitamin e kind of goes uh, close to the cell membrane, like where the lipid, the, the the little fatty acids are, and if there's an oxidant, like a something is flying around and it wants to destroy something, to get, become neutralized, if that's a brain cell membrane or or whatever, a mitochondria or something, vitamin E stops that. It's like literally you you've you've got a armor on your freaking lipids that are that make your mitochondria your cell membranes your your all these things nervous system tissue so that's what i'm talking about i think once people get it then they then they get it and then you know magical things happen because they they you know you get people hooked on health with supplements then next thing you know oh oh, i'm gonna get a red light i'm gonna you know i'm gonna uh, join the gym you know maybe i'm i will stop eating gluten or grains and maybe i'll, I'll start buying organic and grass-fed and then dude like six months 12 months and then two years like oh i know i lost, I lost 35 pounds and blah, blah 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 i can get an erection again you know my right. wife wants to have sex with me it's like the amazing things that can happen are just beyond comprehension yeah yeah and it's all within our powers and it's it's about being proactive and 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 doing this stuff in advance it's easy to to change once you're you're facing like certain death right and just like okay i'll change i'll change i'll change but (laughs) it's tougher to do it without that threat it's tougher to say i'm going to do it now as an insurance against ever having to be in that situation of having diabetes or high blood pressure or whatever, or 50 pounds over the best way to lose 50 pounds is to never gain 50 pounds. You know what I mean? So, so you, you can do these things by, by, by getting honest and, 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 you know, like part of the, what I was really helpful with you was that, you know, I know about some supplements, but, but you were able to, when you looked at that test, you were able to suggest a couple things that I would have never thought of. like the, 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 the stuff for the candida and the, in, in my gut, like I wouldn't mm-hmm. have known that. And you said, take this. And then you take these two things and take those until they're done. And it's like, okay, good. So that's, 
and then you then you said there's a couple other things that you're just I know you're going to need regardless of the test results because everybody's deficient in that. So it's like okay, get those, <laughs> and then get the tailor made, customized ones that, that that are specific for me. And I feel like I I feel like I have the answers to the test before the test. Yeah, I feel like I'm cheating, frankly, and I'm fine <laughs> yeah. with it. That's why I I want to call my book. I I'm hoping to have it a series, maybe two or three volumes of it just so they're shorter and easier to read for people. But um, I think it's going to be called something along the lines of shortcuts to better health, longevity, and mental performance. And I want to make sure that people understand the short, it's shortcut is only cheating if you're racing against other people, but it's not a race. You're not racing anybody else. This is your journey. And if you can shortcut the the process to either restoring your health or optimizing your health why wouldn't you you're not cheating anybody in fact if anything you're cheating yourself by not doing the shortcuts because then you are cheating yourself out of more more health better health more energy more joy more sort of capacity to create uh, the whatever you came here to create on earth yeah yeah you know those you ever hear of those people that that sign up for the marathons and then they get busted like taking cars from one part <laughs> of the race to the other <laughs> those people are awful like that's that, that you're cheating you're, you're playing shortcut. against everybody else Bad. that's not good <laughs> but like if the shortcut means that you're going to have more time to spend with your kids uh, then who are you cheating? Like you said, who are you? Who who are you cheating on this? And if it costs you twenty bucks a month for that, let's say it's a supplement that's a lot of the shortcuts, or having a couple of tablespoons of honey, or some some of the shortcuts are gonna be just ditching stupid things that are actually pseudo healthy, ostensibly healthy, but they're actually hurting us. And I think that's that's gonna add some value to people. But listen, Charlie. Yes. We need to wrap this up, bro. Yes. But before we do, I really, I would love if you could tantalize us a little bit about this documentary you're mentioning to me before we wrap it up. I wrote the, my first book is called The Octopus of Global Control. It's an eight part series. And when I was writing that book, I knew just based on the format of the book, the way I brought, I have 700 quotes from 500 different people. And some of the quotes are from people that are long past. And some of them are from Joe Rogan, you know, like a quote from his, you know, from an episode in his show. And as I'm writing this book, I'm thinking, you know, it's eight parts of the book. It's eight tentacles of the octopus. And I'm thinking it's an eight part series. And, uh, and this, and I wrote this book and I, I was writing it in 2016. It came out in 2017 and so it had always been in my mind to do that. And I'm, I've been talk to, talking to people about trying to make that happen, a director that I know that wants to do it. And so that's part, you know, that's one of the things I'm going to go to an Arcapulco and talk to some people about, you know, there's a film component to an Arcapulco as well. We have a, they, they, uh, movie, the jo Jones plantation was shown there. I saw a great documentary on the Dutch farmers that was, it was, uh, English subtitles, but it was in, it was in French. I think what we were watching was in French. I'm not sure, but it, but there's, there's films that get shown there as well. 
And and that really sort of, you know, I was like, I got to talk to these, I got to talk to these people about raising money for this. You know and I mean? If I, I'm not, this isn't going to be like a, I don't need $10 million or anything, but, but I really thought that like, I'm leaving people out of the equation by it only being a book, you know? Yeah, and I know yeah. that some people just aren't going to sit down and read the book. So I want to try and transform the book into an eight part documentary series. Smart. So that is smart. It's early kind of early stages of that, but we're going to work on, on making that happen. And I think that the, the, I think that, uh, I, again, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know that I will talk to somebody and that person will say, you know, who you really need to talk to is this guy. And then that'll, you know, so I don't, know how to get from A to Z necessarily, but I know how to get from A to B. And I trust that once I get from B, I'll figure out how to get to C and from C to D. And so I know that these doors will sort of open themselves along the way. And I think the first part is like coming up with a plan and I definitely have a plan and coming up with a, you know, the, the description and how I want it done. And that's all, that's our all done and finding a director and that's good. I guess in some levels it's 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 simultaneously the hardest and easiest part. I just need one thing. It's money. A lot of some people have a lot of money and they don't and they and it to them it's not a big deal. And and when you but when you need money for a project it's like, well, get in line, buddy. <laughs> you and everybody else. But uh, yeah. the project is 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 in the you know, it's like it's it's meant to be. And as a, and as a result of that, after writing the first book in eight parts, when I wrote controlled demolition of the American empire with Jeff Berwick, Jeff didn't maybe realize this at the time, but when, cause I, cause I came up with the framework of it and that's written in eight parts as well. Mm-hmm. My third book hypocrisy that's written in eight parts as well. So it, it, in my mind, it had always been season one, season two, season three. Love so, it. and so that, that's, uh, that's, I think maybe the next evolution of this. It's like, I've been writing and pod doing the podcast and, and radio and public speaking and stuff like that. But this, Charlie this, Robinson this, film producer, film has, a producer. Ring to it. <laughs> has a good ring to it, bro. Oh, that sounds slimy just saying it, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you want to get but, produced, <laughs> but, but I, but I do bro, really that's, think no. I do. I think the information is. I think, I think this might be one of the few examples where someone will say that the movie's better than the book because because you can do more visually. You can put the faces of the people. When I think when people see Bush, Kissinger, Rock, when they see these people that are, oh, you know the such respected philanthropists when they see the dirt bags that they are i think people yeah. are gonna maybe netflix will pick it up you never know huh you never know you never know yeah yeah i would mm-hmm. i mean i would uh my interest in this would be to find the biggest audience right yeah. a bunch of people that that need to sort of hear the words of these people you know and and i yeah. know that the the right person that has the vision, you know, like a, the director that, that wants to work on this had, can, 
you can make these quotes come to life. You know, you can find the actual video clip or you can find mm-hmm. a, you know, you can, you can have some fun with it. Somebody that's yeah, way yeah. more uh, artistically inclined, I think would see that book and go, yeah. Oh, let me add it. You know, I can, I can have a field day with it. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, and of course I'll, I'll keep you posted and I'll, and For sure. Yeah. Looking forward to, to, to that because absolutely like, if you look at the amount of people that are going to, watch a film as opposed to like if you look at um david whitehead's um cult of the medic series you know yes like it i i <clears throat> i prefer to read things but um just i watched some of it and i do- i downloaded all of them but um it really it's very powerful when you put yes. it in, in in visual format it becomes powerful and i think you have to be at, at that point you have to literally cover your eyes and put carrots in your ears to to not get the information into your brain. And at that point, that's that's on you. You know, you, you, you that's your choice at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that that'll be the next iteration of this uh, adventure. But uh, but it's always good to see you. It's always yeah, good bro. to talk to you. Let's just let, let the folks uh, know that who don't know where they can find you on the internet, how to connect with you. Macroaggressions podcast goes out twice a week, once as a interview on Sundays and once as a monologue on Wednesdays. And you can find that in video format over at uh, Rumble now. I just started a Rumble channel, nice. so it's just just getting started. It's over at band.video, which is Alex Jones's place. It's on Rockfin. And you can find it in audio format wherever podcasts are available. My Information about everything I'm doing, the books and, and the shows are it's at theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. That's the website. And you can follow me on Twitter at Macroaggressions. That's probably a social media wise, that's the best place to find me. Thank you so much, Charlie. Thank you for having me.